Alright Rockstar, welcome back. You are now tuning in to episode 117 of the Redefine the Hustle podcast. I'm your host Suze, a growth mindset and productivity coach to music industry professionals and the founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Now if you've been checking out these brand new episodes of season 5 of this podcast, I thank you and welcome you to the third and final installment that kicks off our brand new season. Now I met Laura Katana and Edie Blue last summer during the first launch music conference to kick off since lockdown. And we immediately hit it off and I knew I had to have them on the podcast. Not only is their energy infectious, but the knowledge they drop is like social stalker worthy and the support system they are helping build over at IndieFlow is incredible. Now if you haven't heard of IndieFlow, it's a music tech company that provides a suite of online tools for independent artists to manage and build their music career all in one spot from a central dashboard. Now let me give you a little backstory here so you can truly appreciate who I'm about to bring on this episode. Now Laura is a trilingual first generation New Yorker who is passionate about leveling the playing field for independent artists in the music industry. She dove head first into this industry in 2015 after managing an Afro-Cuban pioneer of electronic music and co-founding Cuba's first urban indie music label Guampara Music in Havana, Cuba. She has comprehensive experience as a professional artist manager, label manager, and live event producer. Currently, she leads artist relations and sales at IndieFlow. Now, Erica Deskins, known professionally as Edie Blue, is an artist relations manager at IndieFlow. She's an accomplished singer, songwriter, performer, and educator. As a recording artist, she has had her music featured in HBO, Netflix, and various commercials across Europe. Her captivating stage presence, soul pop production, and catchy lyrics have garnered fans all over the world. And between the two of them, they're going to break down how diversifying your hustle is going to not only keep your career afloat, but help it flow with ease. And I'm all about that. So we are about to jump in. But first, this episode is brought to you by my group accountability and coaching program, The Rockstar Slackers. For over three years, I have led a private community of self-identified slackers through a monthly subscription program hosted on Slack. And it's a subscription program beginning at $47 a month to hold each and every member accountable to the tasks that they set out to do each and every week. Plus, I answer their questions along the way. So for a fraction of what it would cost to hire a coach or work with me one-on-one, less than $1.50 a day, you can have a team in your corner, led by my director of Rockstar Affairs, Miss Jen O'Hagan, and we are there to make sure you are staying on task. Plus, you've got a coach, that's me, to help hoist you over those roadblocks when you encounter them in your journey. With exclusive monthly PDF guides focused on every corner of your career, monthly happy hour hangouts to build community with fellow members, weekly coaching office hours where you can learn from others who submitted questions as well as get your own questions answered, plus monthly coaching calls to do a deep dive into what it takes to build and maintain your career goals. It's no wonder more than half of our community has been with us for well over a year and half of those people have been with us since the very beginning. So stay tuned because IndieFlow and I have a special announcement that we'll be sharing later in this episode so that you can access all of the support that Rockstar Slackers has to offer for three full months when you sign up for their annual membership. And now without further ado, I bring to you Laura and Edie from IndieFlow. Well, 
Laura and Edie, thank you so much for being here with us today. We're so excited to have you on the Redefine the Hustle podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Yeah. Awesome. So I have so many questions. I can't wait to dig into the good stuff. So first, just a couple of questions for you both to answer. And then, and then I've got some questions for each of you individually. But first, I'd like to ask each of my guests to just define what hustle means to you. And also, where do you see artists and other industry professionals getting it wrong or, or approaching it in a way that you wouldn't? So I'd love to hear what you both um, think about that. Sure. I'll go first. Um, hustle. So hustle to me, I think starts with success and defining for yourself what success is and then doing everything in your power to get there. You know, um, I think that's most important is defining what you're hustling for um, because hustle can look differently, but if you're working mm -hmm. towards your goal and you're motivated and you're inspired, then you're hustling and you're taking action, taking action, of course. Um, so I'd say, you know, if there's anywhere where professional industry professionals get it wrong, it's probably in comparing their successes to others or having goals that aren't really aligned with who they are. So they're just doing work without a clear end goal to meet. That's excellent. Laura, how about yourself? Yeah. Damn, that's hard to follow. <laughs> that's pretty epic. Um, so hustle to me is like getting shit done. Just like going at it and not sitting and waiting and being proactive. Mm. Um, and I think that where people get it wrong, I mean, I... I, I learned this really early on in my like professional life and it's has stuck with me and I say it so often and I, I have it present um, is that people do business with people that they like. And where I see people getting the hustle all wrong is hustling, but being a jerk about it. Like, yeah, cool. The hustle might bring you a few steps forward, but like, if you're a jerk, I don't care how hard you're hustling. I don't want to deal with you. And, you know, it pays to be nice. That reputation follows you around. Yeah. Yeah. It love literally it. pays to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. I love how you, you guys wrote this in your notes. You, you know, I love that you said that diversifying your hustle and creating different revenue streams can you explain how important that is to diversify your hustle as, you know, a creative entrepreneur, as a music industry professional? Can you explain why that's so important and, and why artists really need to digest that? Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this recently. And actually, Edie and I have also been talking about this a lot recently. Um, diversifying the hustle is so important because... I think you even need to step back a second and, and really accept, acknowledge, and adjust accordingly to the fact that your music is a business. You as an artist is a business. And thinking that, you know, you're going to create a sustainable business on, for example, just your streams, I hate to say, is ludicrous. It's not going to happen. Um, it might, but I certainly wouldn't build a business around that. Another, I think, a smart approach for diversifying and having different streams of incomes is it's really hard when you 
build a business around yourself. You know, what happens if you get, you know, break a leg and you can't perform? What happens if you have writer's block for years and you're not making new music? You know, anything could happen. So really just kind of, I mean, it, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I mean, Laura really touched on the quote, yeah, don't put all your <laughs> eggs in one basket. But, you know, as artists, like we've seen how, you know, things outside of our control, you know, just referencing the past two years can really impact, you know, the the business side, the finances of an artist. And so you have to be open to other avenues for making income and using your whole complete skill set to do that. I agree. Even just performing or just doing one thing if something happens outside your control that knocks that one thing out of your way or off your plate, you're at the whim of something outside of yourself. So I think it's also about having control over the amount of money you want to make and um, what you want to put out there in the world. That just made me think, Edie. Also, like, the music industry has changed. And, like, the way that, you know, an artist earns money today is not the same as it was 10 years ago, 20, you know, and so many artists, um, I mean, I think it can feel overwhelming, but we recently um, had an, we did an awesome partnership with um, Natasha from Austere Agency, who has an incredible course called the Iconic Artist Blueprint. Um, And I, you know, just tuned into a little section of it where she, I mean, she walks you through, she walks the artist through an exercise of what the first $100,000 looks like. And it's, it, you know, I think you first say, oh, you're $100,000 of revenue. And it seems like, wow, that's a lot. Like, oh, I'll never get there. But she breaks it down in such a way of, again, utilizing various different streams of revenue. And it's just like, wow, yeah, I, it's, I'm not going to get all my money from way, maybe the idea I have of being an artist, you know, of just my music paying me for, you know, just my music paying me, but you have to, um, like Patreon, I think is such an interesting thing. Like, um, I was listening maybe to a podcast the other day about how the, um, whole world has moved into like subscription model services and like Patreon is like the kind, the kind of the equivalent of that for an artist, which I thought was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and Edie, I love how you mentioned both of you just dropped a bucket load of gems (laughs) in that response. So I know our audience is taking notes here. Um, But Edie, I love how you said, you know, using your full set of skills, because Mm. what I see happening with artists a lot is that, you know, they want to make money from their music. So they get resentful when they have to do anything that's not create music. And I've said to clients before, and all of a sudden these light bulb moments go off where I'm like, yeah, but you have a day job doing IT. Or you just left a day job being the head of the department of marketing. And like, how are you not applying that to your music career? Like, we forget that we have skills that we've collected throughout our life that we can utilize, even if it's not strictly about songwriting or strictly about editing a music video. There are so many other things. And your skill set also includes your network of how many people you know and your friends and your colleagues who all can cover those bases that maybe you're not quite good at and how you can leverage all of that for other income streams. So 
you know, light bulbs went off for me when you said, you know, utilizing your full skill set, I think is really key there when it comes to diversification. Um, so thank you both for, for sharing that. And Miss Edie Blue, I have a question for you as the, okay. as the resident artist of this, of this <laughs> panel. Um, being that you're a singer, songwriter, performer, recording artist, um, and you work with artists on, on their own careers as well, mm-hmm. I'm curious, how do you feel about the expectations of being an indie artist today? Because, you know, we just went through all those different income streams and we're all sitting here teaching other artists how to think like a business. And and as Laura said, like own your own business, be the CEO of what you're building. I know I could feel the collective, like, Oh, from our audience of like, that's just so much. So as an artist yourself, how do you manage those expectations? Well, I have a TikTok on my account and it goes, Focus on what you can control. 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 (laughs) Because oftentimes a lot of things are actually outside of our control, but you have control over how many times you post on social media. If you practice your instrument for 30 minutes a day, if you send three emails a day, I want to go back to that initial point of like one, defining what success is for you and working towards that, um, because that's where you have to start and not comparing yourself to other artists and what they are doing, because there's really space and landscape for everyone here, both in this music industry world and in, in the broader life in general to have what they want and do what they want. But I think we get caught up in like comparison mode and, and then overwhelm and, you know, to get out of overwhelm, like maybe just make a list of like three things that you could do to forward your, your music career. Maybe that's send one email, maybe that's, you know, practice for 30 minutes and then pick one of those, especially the one that takes the shortest amount of time and do it and check it off. I find great joy in checking things off my to-do list, (laughs) even though that to-do list is never ending, it is never (laughs) ending, you know, and also giving yourself grace to kind of like take breaks when you need to, like, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming and it's, it can be really lonely too, as an artist, because it's hard for other people to relate to what you're going through. You have this immense passion for creation, sometimes uncontrollable. And then here we are like, but you got to be a business. (laughs) But the truth is that like musicians and artists were all, have always been businesses for Mm -hmm. record companies, for, you know, venues. They've always been businesses. Now it's just that we have the opportunity to have our business in our own hands instead of outsourcing it to someone else to make profit on us. And it's a big responsibility, you know? So that's why I say, like, focus on the things you can control, you know, check off things on your to-do list as often as you can and give yourself grace for, you know, for needing space or taking a break. Also buy wins. Like if you're going to take a break, buy when are you going to not take a break? Maybe you have mm-hmm. a goal you need to feel a certain way or you need to, you know, take some of these things before you get back into it, but just have that buy when for yourself. Yes. 
I love that. And and to add to your, your checkoff list, I love, listen, guys, if you've done stuff before you make the checklist, put that on first. Like, <laughs> yeah. Start that momentum going because it works. <laughs> and big celebration and acknowledgement, like mm-hmm. something I've actually recently started doing is just acknowledging myself each day for how I'm better than I was yesterday. You know, and even if it was just because I cooked all my meals at home today or, you know, I got out of bed, I got out of bed, you know, I got out of bed with a smile. Hey, what? Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a huge part of our Rockstar Slacker program is we're constantly celebrating wins of all of our members. Like no matter how small or how big, they're all valid. You have to have Mm -hmm. to celebrate each and every win. Um, because it, it builds momentum. It really does. And I love that TikTok. So we're going to make sure we put the link in the show notes so people can watch it repeatedly and remind themselves of that very important oh, mantra. <laughs> I love yes. that. Laura, anything you'd like to add as, as somebody who's been on the business side for so long? Yeah, I mean, wow, I really, I have a lot of empathy because, you know, a lot, I, I've worked closely with a lot of artists, most of whom really lack that kind of business side or, you know, and it, it's, I really understand and I've come to appreciate like, wow, my brain works really differently. Um, and what might seem, you know, absurdly simple for me, like checking your email every day, artists. <laughs> But anyways, but, but what, what you were making me think, Edie, is that, um, you know, I think also something that can really help an artist is like, you're right, art, it, it is really lonely being a solo artist, especially, yeah, if you don't have a group or whatever. But I mean, community, you know, I would, in addition to that to do list, I mean, you probably have a friend who's also trying to do a similar thing. Mm-hmm you know, chances are, and like, you guys could be, you you know, work together, not that you need to be a, you know, a duo or whatnot, but like, share thoughts and share ideas. And hey, I tried this, and it worked for me. And I think there's so much power in community. And I, I, I mean, I don't know, I wonder why it, it can often be more of like a cutthroat, like, no, I don't want to tell you what worked for me. And it's just so counterproductive. Um, there's so much you can learn from your peers. And and there is no competition there. I mean, there really isn't, you know, I know it can feel that way. I know you, it can feel like, well, if that person got the gig or they took my spot at the festival or, you know, it, it feels like the, the walls are caving in and you've only got this small window, but lifting each other up is so much more productive than trying exactly. to hide things from each other, as Laura said, absolutely. And same thing goes for coaches and artist managers and and booking agents and all of that stuff. You know, we we can accomplish so much if we share our ideas and share what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us and things like that. It's it it really is such a community when you allow it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you need to know where those resources are. I mean, one of the few reasons I'm I'm still on Facebook is this incredible artist managers group that I'm a part of, which is exactly that. It is supportive and it's a, you know phenomenal resources. It's super educational, 
But what really pulls it together is like, yeah, we're all here to help each other. Like, do you need a contact? Sure, I have that contact. So yeah, plugging into communities like that are, are just, I think, really, really powerful. And they exist. Yes. <laughs> now, Laura, as somebody who's been on the business side of it for a while, you know, advocating for artists, helping artists through, I mean, you've, you've worked on every level or side of the, you know, artist advocate uh, portion in terms of, you know, being an artist manager, a label manager, a live event producer. What would you say is the hardest part for artists when it comes to thinking of their music as a business and, and creating that sustainable flow? Because you can have the business mindset. And we've talked about, you know, having those multiple streams of income, but connecting that dot, you know, connecting all the dots to make it feel like a sustainable flow. Where are the biggest hurdles for them when it comes to that? Do you think? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, okay. The first thing that came to my mind is organization and like have putting some systems in place. Like if you are not striving I mean, and this is something I say on calls all day, every day to artists, but like, if you aren't putting some systems in place so that, you know, the, the thing you're doing repeatedly, maybe releasing music, for example, doesn't become easier each time you do it and more efficient, you're not going to be able to grow. You know, every time you release a song, you can't be like, oh shit, I'm putting out a song in a couple of weeks. What should I do? Like you got to have that down already and organize. And I think that that just having a level of organization and getting those systems in place can be really challenging. That's a big one. Um, but then the other huge hurdle is strategy. I think it's real again, as the artist thinking like, you know, I'm a creator. This is, you know, this is my art. I think sometimes it's easy to get really lost in like, well, my music's going to take me where I need to go. Or like, you know, I'm just going to keep creating and creating. And that's not, I mean, that could get you to where you want to go, but more realistically, if you're not crystal clear and you need to like check in with this frequently, what am I trying to do? Where am I trying to go? How do you know how to get there if you're, if you don't, if you're not able to make that plan, you know, identify where you want to go and then work on, okay, now how do I get there? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Edie, is there anything you want to add? The first thing that came up for me was consistency. Um, mm. 100% myself <laughs> included. <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of the way of being an artist, you do have ebbs and flows and highs and lows and, you know, making that consistent time to work on the business side of things is a real challenge. And I think that relates to organization a little bit too, and maybe mm -hmm. a little bit as well with like mindset, growth mindset, um, not staying stagnant. I mean, we've already said like the music industry has changed a lot and it is changing constantly um, right now. And so you have to have a growth mindset to really participate and, and find success there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I am such a fan of what Indie Flow does. So to have the two of you here to be able to dive in and talk more about how it helps artists is a real treat. So, you know, everything you guys have been talking about in our conversation so far, I know that Indie Flow really helps provide that support system for artists. So, 
first, before we dig into all of its features and all the amazingness um, that's inside, I'd really just be curious to know why each of you chose to join and, and be a part of the IndieFlow team. What do you love most about being at IndieFlow? I feel like everything I've done in my life so far has prepared me for this position, which is a really wonderful feeling. But what I love so much, I love working with artists and helping artists and I love artist development. Um, honestly, I love managing, mm. but it is exhausting. It's often thankless. So what I love is, I mean, I talk to artists all day long um, and get to, you know, connect and offer advice and that it just really, I don't know, gives me life. It's a pretty good reason to work somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Edie, what about you as an artist being able to help support and shape other artists careers? I mean, what, what do you love most about it? Well, you know, actually similar to Laura, I feel like all my past experience when I started working at IndieFlow, I said this was like a career integration because mm. I have a background <laughs> in coaching and teaching. And obviously I've been an artist for over a decade as well. So it's like, it just kind of all felt, yeah, really aligned. And I love helping people um, and talking to artists, you know, it gives me great joy to, you know, talk to an artist and see the look on their face when they, they walked away from a call with me and they're like, this was really helpful. You made me think about things I didn't think of before, which is kind of like how I see myself. I'm like, I want you to think about things differently. I want you to throw ideas out at you that you haven't thought of. So what I love most, I mean, working with artists, but for me, it's an opportunity to use my creativity, which is super, you know, um, create creative is one of my core values. And, um, as well as be like a mentor and a teacher, which is a role that I really thrive in. So, and I feel and really cool saying I work in music tech. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like I'm in the future. <laughs> can I just add also that it's extra awesome. Edie and I are really different. And I love that we come from with like very different perspectives. And I think it's really valuable to the artists um and it's also really helpful you know there's many times that I also ask Edie questions I'm like okay as an artist what do you think of this and yeah she's awesome at what she does yeah I mean it just you know I met you guys a a couple months ago and just you know going off the vibe of the whole team there is such a wonderful community within the company and that bleeds into the work that you guys do with artists you know for those of you listening and watching if you're not familiar with IndieFlow, the link is in the show notes. It's IndieFlow.me. And what I'm such a fan of is it really is a full 360 support system from having ways to find collaborators and create your music to then getting ready to release your music to then taking that and being able to extrapolate it and and grow on, on top of what you've been building. I mean, you guys really do support them at every phase which I think is so awesome and is there any like particular artist or place in their journey where indie flow is best for them is it really for every artist because to me it just seems like no matter where they are in their career they can get something out of it but am I right on that is there a certain time when indie flow is best fitted for them what what would you say to that um I I mean honestly I think there's something 
for everybody, regardless of, of where you're at. I think different tools will maybe be more relevant depending if you're, you know, more on the beginner side or on the, um, you know, more advanced side. But I think there's like an extra special benefit for those that are maybe just getting started early on in their careers, that emerging artist, because I think we really just offer, I think, a lot of education. And I think when you're that early on in your career, you have questions and you don't understand things. And it's really helpful, I think, to know that like, oh, I know where I can get that answer or, you know, I can tune into an office hours and ask a person a question. And But it's it's for all, all musicians of all shapes and sizes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say too, a particular note about artists, and this is a lot of artists today, this is myself right now, who have collaborators who are not in person, which, you know, mm. the digital age, the pandemic has, has made all that even more prevalent. I think the tools, especially our projects tools, really can support collaborations between artists who are not physically able to be together. It's a great way to organize even the, the music creation process as well as the music release process. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, one other one other thing to add. Yeah. It's also, I mean, look, most of the artists that I talk to um, are self-managed. If you have a manager, you'll find a lot of value in the platform. But I think for the artists that's self-managed, I like to think of us kind of like a virtual manager. Um, you know, not in the sense we're not going to go out and do the work for you, but a virtual manager in the sense that we do streamline a lot of that busy work mm-hmm. that often falls to the managers. And also just in the sense that we really give you some building blocks and organizational tools to learn how this industry works. I think that's yeah. so important. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a, such a huge fan of what IndieFlow offers artists. Um, as an advocate myself, it's nice to go on a platform and see, you know, a, a tech company that really does advocate for the musicians who sign up to the platform. So what can musicians expect when they sign up? I mean, do they just sign up on the website and then start digging in or are there kind of tiers or, or kind of like a journey that they go through or what can they expect when they join IndieFlow? So I think the first thing, how we usually structure it is they usually have an onboarding call. Um, that would be with someone like me, an artist relations manager. <laughs> and, you know, I'm there to kind of like walk them through how to use the platform, but also answer any like strategy questions with them. From there, it's our platform is really user-friendly. It's really, really user-friendly. Plus, we have tutorial videos on the platform. So if you don't know how to work all the features in the project section, we actually have a tutorial video right there that can show you how to do that. And then, you know, one of the coolest aspects about IndieFlow right now is something that I've been really passionate about building is community. Um, we just started a private Discord group and that's a place where we're hosting office hours, so opportunities for IndieFlow community members to network. So straight away, if somebody signs up next week, they can hop into an office hours, get questions answered, as well as meet other IndieFlow artists. There's different channels on our Discord group if you're looking for collaborators or if you want feedback on your music. And so far, the community group has been just like really loving and supportive. And that's really what, you know, my intention is as we're creating it too. 
Yeah, we're super excited. Actually, the the idea to create this group really came from Edie's feedback on, um, you know, phone calls speaking with artists and just realizing like, wow, there is a ton of like desire for that. People want community. They want to, you know, I mean, I, for the artist that doesn't maybe live in a city with lots of other, you know, musical happenings, um, a group like this could be really essential. And the other really cool thing that happens also um, that you can expect in addition to those office hours, we've started, we do artist development workshops once a month and I'm super, super excited about. They've been so awesome so far. And Suze, we'd definitely love to have you on there as well. Absolutely. I'd be honored. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. So what they're basically, we call them industry sessions. We do them once a month. And we invite an industry specialist and basically just, you know, ask them all the questions that you want to ask them for an hour. And they've really been beautiful partnerships and so informative. Um, The last one we did was with Natasha from Austier Agency, who just dropped so many gems about branding and visual identity and TikTok. I mean, I was there like taking notes during the conversation. So Lots of um, opportunities to both connect with community and to learn. Um, and that's just in addition to, you know, the tools to help you keep yourself organized and keep your business flowing. And distribute your music. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> yep. We do that. We do that quite well, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, another really cool thing that you can do on the platform is create a professional looking EPK very quickly. And there's a pretty cool feature to streamline the process of doing your own booking um, and being able to send out multiple requests, have an organized way to follow up who responded, who didn't. And if you try to get more shows, you'll probably get more shows. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool feature as well. (laughs) You know, it has an app name. It really is the flow. I mean, we, we discussed beforehand about like that issue that artists have with connecting all of their efforts into, you know, a sustainable flow. And uh, it sounds like you can certainly do that on the platform. Totally. Yeah. It's all about that workflow. Yeah. It it really is an all encompassing platform. It's, it's really impressive. And so, when somebody joins, is it like a membership subscription or like how do they maintain their membership or their their place in the community? Yes, it, it is an annual membership. You, you sign up, you pay the year up front. And what that gives you is unlimited distribution, which is in itself awesome. Yeah. One of the coolest things I think that we do has to, has to do with distribution is we handle registering each of the songs that you distribute with your PRO, with Song Trust as a publishing admin, and with Sound Exchange. So, I mean, having all of that done for you all year long, as a manager myself, I will say is fabulous. <laughs> Big game changer. For sure. But yeah, so it's a yearly membership. You have access to the community, to all of you know our events and workshops. Anything to add to that, Edie? What else do they can they expect? To learn about project management. Um, yeah. You know, we just, as I mentioned, we just upgraded our projects tool, which is really a very robust project management system. You it's have unlimited so cool. file storage. And, you know, what I was talking about earlier, how it makes it really easy to collaborate with people remotely because you can just have these joint projects that you share together and you can both upload and download what you need. You can organize it how you want to. 
And so, yeah, it makes collaboration really easy. And it also, like the music industry is so fragmented. And for me, my organized brain, like having everything in one place makes me so happy. Definitely. Um, And I think that's a really, a really cool feature as well. Yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, it sounds amazing. And so all of you listening and watching here today, I I hope you really do click on that link in the show notes and and go check it out because I think you'll be blown away by all the features and support you can find there. So I thank you for um, taking the time to walk us through the features and and all the wonderful things. And it's so great to also hear how much fun it is to work there and and how (laughs) integrative it's been in both of your journeys. And so my last question for you both Um, I'm curious what each of you would say on this. We like to end the episodes with asking our guests, what's been a redefining moment in your career or journey thus far? What, what stands out as like a pivotal or redefining moment for you? I mean, the redefining moment for me was at the beginning of my music career, Mm. um, which started in Havana, Cuba, um, And I basically fell into managing an artist that then turned into starting a label with that artist that then turned into managing multiple artists and managing the label and so on. But it was kind of, it was the stars aligning and just putting an opportunity in my path and me, you know, having the freedom, I guess, to jump on it. But very different than what I was doing before. I used to be a landscape designer. Nothing. I mean, still very interesting, but definitely nothing. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah. So that's what, what launched me into music. And it's, I'm fairly certain where I probably should have been all along. Well, I don't want to say that I was where I should have been all along, but it was, it makes a lot of sense. You found your purpose. Yeah. There you go. That's amazing. Edie, what about you? Wow. Um, Many actual moments of my sure. career are dropping dropping in. Um, one, I will say that was definitely a redefining moment. I was living, I went on a travel experience as well and was living in Bali for seven mm-hmm. months. And really the redefining moment was the year prior, I had um, gotten a deal with a publishing company to record an album for sync licensing. And so I recorded an album of 14 songs with a producer that I was working with at the time. And, you know, in that publishing contract, I don't own those songs. I just, you know, make publishing and um, writers royalties on them. So then fast forward a year and a half later, I get my my first substantial royalty check, meaning four figures, which traveling in Bali. was a total redefining moment because it allowed me to stay in Bali for longer, (laughs) (laughs) which I love traveling. But two, it opened my eyes to the world of publishing and, you know, how much there is to learn. And so for me, since then, it's been, you know, 2020, I did a whole course on sync licensing and it's just really, it really invigorated my desire to learn and to understand the music business more than I had before that. Awesome. That's amazing. You two both have such inspiring stories. I'm just, I'm so thrilled to have had the chance to, to speak with you both and have you here on this podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. No, thank you. This was fun. Total pleasure.
I could talk to Lauren Edie for hours. In fact, I just spoke with Laura last week at a special workshop that she hosted for IndieFlow on redefining the hustle. Now the link to that replay plus everything we discussed here in this episode today can be found right below here in the caption show notes section on YouTube. Be sure to check out the workshop. You are going to love it and take advantage of our brand new bundle where you can save big on not only an annual membership to IndieFlow, but also three full months of Rockstar Slackers. This will help ensure that the tasks that you set out to accomplish with IndieFlow's incredible suites of tools actually gets accomplished. I mean, who doesn't want that? I thought so. So I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of a few strong opinions that I uh, am really eager to share on virtual summits. And I have a feeling the comment section of that episode will be popping off. So be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a second of it. As I sign off on this final episode for this first week back, I want to thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for being on this journey with me. While the episodes may not be perfect, they are ever-evolving into a more perfect version of the message I wish to share with you all. And that's that I hope these episodes inspire, challenge, and awaken you to new ideas and new perspectives, new ways of trying things. I urge you to step out of your comfort zone and let go of that hustle and grind that you've been following that keeps you in overwhelm and burnout mode. I want you to go big but I also want you to feel comfortable going slow. No one is in this race but you. So take your time and enjoy the world around you and most importantly, the people around you. How will you plan to redefine your hustle? Start small. Let me know one thing in the comments below that you can begin to redefine in your life in order to give yourself a more balanced and enjoyable journey towards your goals. I look forward to chatting with you in the comments and until next week, Remember that you've got to keep grounded in order to keep rising. Take care.